Adoption and scale of innovation across the NHS is a hot topic at the moment, with the likes of Matthew Gould suggesting NHSX needs to build solid foundations that innovators can sell their technologies on. Last month's Digital Health podcast looked at the challenges startups and SMEs face in getting their technologies adopted in the NHS. This month, we are looking at how the NHS can work with innovators to fast-track digital health solutions that not only ease pressure on services but also empower patients. One trust that has led the way in working with innovators is Chelsea and Westminster through their CW Innovation Programme, which was launched last month. The programme aims to deliver evaluated real-world projects by connecting frontline staff with partner organisations, and there have already been a number of exciting innovations that have come out of the programme, a mum and baby app that's now being rolled out across northwest London and other maternity centres, the UK's first-of-its-kind cancer clinic that fast-tracks patients with clinical suspicions of cancer, and the UK's largest study of wearable monitoring technology. I'm Andrea Downey, and joining me today to discuss the importance of the NHS providing a platform for innovators is Chris Cheney, Chief Executive of Chelsea and Westminster's charity CW+, which is also leading on the innovation programme. Hi, Andrea. Sunita Sharma, an obstetrician and gynaecologist who developed the Mum and Baby app, which links women to maternity services and provides expert advice and guidance throughout different stages of pregnancy. Hello. And Tom Newsom davis a consultant oncologist who leads on the Acute Diagnostic Oncology Clinic at the Trust, an award-winning service that fast-tracks cancer patients through diagnosis and treatment. Hi. Thanks so much for joining me today. Chris, you've been the Chief Executive of CW Plus for three years now. How have you and the team worked with innovators in that time and what are the projects you're most proud of? So I think in the three years that um, I've been here, we've seen a real change in how we work with innovators. So um, when I first arrived, the charity had recently become a founding partner of the Digital Health London Accelerator Programme. Um, and that gave us an amazing platform really to start looking at um, SMEs that had already been through a pretty rigorous kind of vetting and testing process and who were really actively looking to see if they could bring their products to, 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 you know, to the bedside to improve patient care. Um, and the challenge we faced at that time was really were we able to kind of get traction amongst our clinical colleagues to invest some time in that programme. But I think we were very lucky in that the trust had a, a, a kind of a clear, clearly marked um, strategy objective around improving kind of digital access and digital innovation that we, the charity, were able to help them fulfil. So that was the beginning of a journey that um, saw us working with SMEs. But in that three years, we've worked with an increasingly diverse group of innovators, um, both um, our own internal uh, kind of clinical innovation champions, all the way through to um, you know um, much bigger companies now, from in some cases from outside of the healthcare sector. And I think that's where some of the most interesting work's been done. So I think you know in terms of things that we're really proud of. I mean, there's there's a huge array. We've got over 75 projects in our pipeline at the moment but I think the work that Tom and Sunita has done have been real kind of flagships for us um, but also some of the things that we've done outside of healthcare have been really fascinating including kind of working with the fintech sector which I think is a first for UK healthcare. Yeah I mean it's a really big undertaking as well to sort of start transforming the way you're working in a, in a digital way. Why do you think it's so important that the NHS is working with startups and SMEs to achieve this? So I think that's where some of the best ideas are fundamentally I think that and I think you've got to capture that enthusiasm and you've got to capture that creativity early on I mean a huge part of this which is a great cliche in, in the innovation space is it's about culture as much as anything 
So if you're not, if you haven't deployed a culture where you're encouraging, um, you know, young entrepreneurs to step forward with their ideas or giving them the support to try and bring them to bring them to reality, then actually it's it's pretty difficult to you know, to, to kind of claim any kind of credibility in this space. We think so. Actually, you know, some of the most kind of exciting and vibrant programs are are, are led by you know passionate individuals, either with a, with their own company or with just a great idea that they really know will make a big difference at the, you know, for, for patient care and patient outcomes. So those are the things that we, you know, we love to work with and we love to see, you know, kind of those, those dreams come true. Yeah. And Sunita, you're obviously one of the people that had a really good idea and thought, you know, we need this in the NHS. Where did you get the idea for the Mum and Baby app? And, you know, do you think you're having a clinical background and knowing what was necessary is what helped you get there? The idea came about as I sort of took up the role of leading in postnatal care. Um, and part of our commitment as an organisation is about improving experiences. So I went through quite a bit of our feedback from women and families and it was about the information that they felt they were receiving. There was a mismatch in us giving paper documents and women feeling that they have had information to look after themselves and the babies. So. Also on Labour Ward, everybody had a phone, you know, I mean, we're talking about 2014, you know, that, so they had a phone with them and it sort of suddenly clicked that why not actually put it into a digital format. Also allowed us to expand about the information that we can give because you can make, uh, you know, a spectrum of medical conditions which you didn't have information to give out as paper documents. It's re readily available anytime women want, but also with multimedia. So it became a bit more engaging rather than giving loads of PDF documents. So from a women's perspective, and later on we added dads and partners section because they wanted that too. Yeah. I guess everyone's got a smartphone these days. It makes sense to have something that's so easily accessible rather than carrying around a ream of paper, doesn't it? Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Um, so once you've come up with the idea, it's then getting it adopted in the NHS, isn't it? So what did you have to do and what were the next steps in doing that? I think I was very lucky because <laughs> once the idea came up, I rang CW Plus because it so happened that the newsletter had, you know, if you have an idea, come to us kind of thing. So I thought that was really very opportunistic uh, setting for me. Ran and got in touch with... Um, CW plus and so thereafter you know we had meetings and pitched the idea to the board and got support got paired up with the right developer who could allow us to sort of work together yeah so were there any challenges that you faced was it as fast as you thought was it slower like so what was what was the most surprising part about trying to get your app out there I think it always takes longer than we would like it to take and it's not necessarily because people don't want to help you out everybody is doing this on top of their day job and so there are a lot of pressures on the system um, and also um, when you make changes you're not going to get it right first time so you have to keep convincing people that you, you know what you have got here is better than where you were but we are going to get step by step into a final product so only now we are across you know, Northwest London and other centres. Um, but it's been a journey where you've continued to improve and we've co-designed. So we have had working together with our mums and partners through this. 
And Tom, you're obviously working in a slightly different way, but you're still working with innovative approaches to deliver better patient care. Um, can you tell us a bit about the cancer clinic and how the innovations there have changed your day-to-day job? Um, so it's changed my day-to-day job a lot, but I think probably more important than that, it's changed the department a lot. It's Our clinic's now an integral part of what we do. And I think the reason for that, it's such an important uh, service. Your, your listeners may or may not know that if you go to your doctor with a lump, then your GP will refer to the relevant um, specialist. If you go with a lump in the breast, you'll go and see a breast specialist. Um, However, lots of people with a cancer diagnosis don't have a particular lump. They have what are referred to as vague symptoms, maybe weight loss, maybe fatigue, um, maybe rather non-specific blood test results. And they don't in themselves say, this is definitely a cancer. And that's always been a huge diagnostic challenge. GPs don't really know where to refer patients. There's no real clinic for these people. They often end up going to, for example, rheumatologists or gastroenterologists. That doesn't really fit the need. So by providing a service dedicated to these patients, which is led by a GP who who has a special interest in oncology, um, we think we found a very important uh, service. And I think our increase in numbers are very positive feedback from patients and from GPs would, would, would seem to reflect that. Do you think that the NHS needs to be quicker at working with innovators and adopting technologies or innovative ways of working? I'm not so sure it's about being quick. I mean, quick is always good. And it's easy to say NHS has to be quicker. I think, as Sunita said, the most useful thing is having a point of contact. Where do you go with your interesting idea? And we're extremely fortunate at Chelsea to have CW Plus and to be able to go to someone and say, I've had this idea. Because we have so many people around who have great ideas, junior doctors, who are here transiently. Unless you catch them during that moment, they'll be off. So I think it's grabbing grabbing the person when they're full of enthusiasm before they go to someone else with it. (laughs) I think no idea is small and everybody can contribute. So everybody in the team should feel empowered that with the expertise they have gained in their role, they can make a difference. And so it's about also motivating the team as you go along um, to contribute to, um, to healthcare. Yeah. So I guess if you didn't have you know, CW Innovation and CW Plus to help you there, do you think that your innovations would have gone as far as they have? I, I don't, I mean, partly because I'm sitting next to Chris, I have to say that. Um, but I, I, I don't, and I think the reason is that the way the NHS often works, like all large organisations, is you have to show benefit before anyone will give you any money. And if you've got something new, you can't show benefit. And often when you are providing benefit, it's quite intangible. It's not necessarily saving people money, it's not necessarily making people live longer, but it still is enormously helpful for patient experience. So being able to go somewhere where you can say, I've had this idea and I think it's going to be really good and someone to take that leap of faith with you is is invaluable. So startups and clinicians often have really good ideas as we've just discussed but often don't know where to start. Um, It's also hardly a secret that working with the NHS can be quite a confusing process. Chris is that sort of the idea behind CW plus? So I think it's definitely so CW innovation certainly is designed to be a front door into, into the acute sector in the NHS. Um, and as a kind of one-stop shop for good ideas, be they coming bubbling up from the, you know, inside the organisation or or outside, and also I think you know a, a third strand to that is you know also as a, it should be a proactive entity. So we're out actively wanting to meet 
you know the best in class whether they're from across London across the UK or internationally we were constantly trying to find what's working really really well in other organizations or even kind of small seed corn ideas that we think would be very effective in our in our clinical settings here so I think um, that's very much what we try to set up to do is, is, is try and set up an infrastructure where innovators and entrepreneurs um, can find um, a home can find a guide um, to kind of shepherd them through some of the heavy lifting and some of the bumps and and, 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 and barriers that you can encounter in, in big organisations like this. Um, and hopefully try and bring something to fruition to provide that evidence base that Tom talked about um, and, and provide that you know, early phase support um, that, um, that can see these ideas come to fruition. Something that was quite clear at the launch of CW Innovation was that it was all about working with innovators and it's not necessarily a you know, benefit to the trust immediately, it's a benefit to the trust in the long term. What's your advice to other trusts who are thinking about doing something similar? I think it, the, the, there are some very tangible benefits in the short term to how yeah, about how you can set up a, a, a relatively small infrastructure that can make a really I think profound difference into in the way that staff view their own organization I think as these guys are you know they're great examples of people who uh, who have you know got great ideas and I, I totally agree with Tom's point on this as well around kind of you know bright young things who will often be coming passing through if you like as part of their electorate um, you, if, if, if you can set up a, an infrastructure that will um, quite clearly signpost somebody who's got a really good idea and then say actually you know, that is a good idea that's better than what we've got at the moment so let's see if we can get that let, let's see if we can get that up and running I think that culturally and um, from a kind of system point of view makes it makes organizations a very attractive place to work um, and hopefully helps you retain those bright young people as well so I think that's you know, I think that in its in its own way it should be a, a really good incentive for trust, yeah. coupled with the fact that you should be improving the, the care that you're delivering to patients and the and the experience of those families and those staff and those patients as well along the way. I think the other thing is, and I agree with all of that, but also what I've seen over the years of being here is an increasing presence of CW plus and CW innovations in the hospital. Um, and it's become more and more so, not just in things like newsletters and, and on homepages and websites, but actually physically in the building. And when there are projects, you can see them happening. When the, a wall has been redecorated, beautiful art is going up, you know why it's there. And so actually this entity is, is, is present. And I think then it makes it much easier for people to read the newsletter, which says there's an innovation project coming along and doing something about it. Yeah. So I would strongly, other organisations I would say, that presence on the ground is absolutely vital. That was actually bringing me to my next point, is that yeah. CW Innovation has been very clear in the fact that they want to bring clinicians and frontline staff along in this journey. Um, I was, you know, why is it so important that clinicians and you know, those on the ground are involved in decisions that are made up above? I think that you see a lot of people with great ideas, particularly in the commercial sector, biotech, um, IT and they have great ideas but sometimes the concerns you have is they don't really reflect practical healthcare. It's great in imaginary healthcare but actually in the real world, particularly real world NHS when you're dealing with everyone who's walking through the door, those things are not going to get very far. Um, and I think what's very nice about involving people on the ground is what you will get is very practical ideas of things like the mother and baby app, which is really going to work. There has been a, you know, here is an issue, here's a, a missed service, we think we can fix it by doing this. And I think if you, in every way, if you ask people on the ground, they'll have a better idea of what is needed. Yeah. 
I mean, Sunita, your app obviously was your idea and you worked on the ground and knew it was needed. Do you think it would have been as useful if it had been designed by someone sort of in an office somewhere that doesn't work on the ground and doesn't necessarily understand what mums and babies need? You know, pregnancy apps is the biggest market of apps, so there's no shortage of apps in the pregnancy arena. The reason, in my mind, why this has been a success is because it not only has clinician-validated information, so they can trust the information that it has, but also it is locally relevant. So this is what my doctor, my midwife will say. This is what my GP's practice is, or this is the information I get. So it's robust in its validation, but it's locally relevant. Whereas if you download an app that is American or elsewhere, you may not know if that's the advice you're going to get. And I think that formula applies to anything where people can feel it's directly relevant to where I'm getting care from. Yeah. Will it work? Um, so Chris, how has CW Plus worked with bringing clinicians and staff along on this journey? So, I mean, I think we've tried to learn with every project and, um, you know, as with all innovation initiatives, we've seen things that have worked brilliantly and we've seen some things that really haven't at all. Um, and I think one of the things that has been very helpful for us and hopefully for, 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 you know, for, 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 you know, for the staff and, and colleagues who've, who've worked with us on this is actually a certain level of appetite for risk that you might not find um, in the kind of day-to-day -day running of a hospital. So, you know, as, uh, I think that's one of the things that makes this uh, joint venture work well is that we probably have a little, little bit more of an appetite for failure um, than, 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 than you would normally find in, a, in, a, in an exclusively clinical setting. So I think that kind of level of analysis is really important. And I also think, um, you know, how we've designed this program is very much to support people on the ground. So actually here, making sure that voice is there. And as Sunita said, you know, that's not just the voice of the, of the clinician with a great idea, it's often the, the, the voice of somebody who's looking at something in front of them saying, I could do that better, or I think that could be done better. And often those people are representing the patients that, that, that are in their care. So again, that idea of kind of this being a co-designed entity where lots of different voices are coming together, I think is really important. Tom, I just want to come back to your point about big ideas not necessarily working. Because um, obviously you're working in a very innovative field, but it's not necessarily about technology. Do you think that we sort of get distracted by shiny AI and robotics and big headlines when it comes to innovations, when actually they don't have to be down to a digital health solution or technology? Yeah, I think, I think people often think of innovation as, as technology and shiny, shiny machines. Um, and it isn't always. Um, shiny machines are great. But they aren't solution to everything, and I think innovation can be a different way of looking at a service, um, a different approach to a, a problem, whether that's a clinical problem or not. Um, and I think, in fact, sometimes those are the easier ones, because we all have ideas how things should be done better. We've all sat in our jobs and thought, if only we did it this way, it'd be better. But I think we tend to think, <laughs> shove that in the drawer and, and, and don't worry about it again. So I think we should think of innovation as um, not just technology, yeah. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, the new NHS ex-chief, Matthew Gould, has been really vocal about wanting to create a platform for health tech innovators to scale up their products on and you know, adopt technology quicker through the NHS, um, which is quite new considering we've, there's always been a disjointed approach between startups and SMEs and innovations and the way the NHS works. Do you think that the creation of NHS X is going to be a turning point for innovation? 
So I think it's early days, um, um, but I have to say I think all the all the kind of initial soundings are really promising. So I think it's a it's a very interesting model for an agency. I think the idea of trying to establish kind of some standardization and some real examples of best practice is going to be pretty critical for us. And I think you know there's an awful lot of agencies within the NHS that have kind of an innovation badge or an innovation arm or something like this, and you know. That in its own way can make this a, a really challenging environment to get your head around, and particularly, you know, I think it kind of adds to some of the kind of the mystique slash you know difficulty of, of of wanting to kind of you know take that first step sometimes. So what we're hoping, I think, is that you know if NHSX is able to you know help us with some of that standardisation, really encourage that culture through the NHS, and, and and also encourage providers like ours to say you should be supporting your staff. Then what I hope is that you know, CW Innovation is going to be a really strong counterpoint to that, with a bottom-up approach that says actually, with a little bit of infrastructure on the ground, you can really make this work. Yeah. I think it, I agree with that. I also think that the turning point is more likely if included in that is a way of having subsequent funding. Getting initial funding is is amazing and allows you to get your idea, your product, whatever it may be, up and running. But then the NHS has to be flexible enough. Um, to find ways of funding it. Um, it's quite characteristic to find, for example, in hospital settings that a service may benefit the hospital or may benefit primary care and therefore one or the other is unwilling to fund it because they say it's of no great benefit to us. So trying to get over those obstacles to allow these ideas to be permanently part of NHS structure is um, going to have to be part of, of things. Yeah, always comes down to money, doesn't it? <laughs> I think spread is important, you know, so one centre, one good idea, but there is need for clinicians or the innovator to be supported in, in whatever way, in collecting the evidence, but also be put in touch with other, uh, other centres that are, in our case, local maternity services that would make contact. It shouldn't be for the clinical team to be doing the spread work so that will definitely help yeah and actually in in oncology it's one area where we've managed to do that to a degree so there are regional organizations for uh cancer for example in we're part of a west london organization with the moment trying to work out the logistics and the resources required to have a clinic model like ours across all of West London. And I think you're absolutely right, we have to do it. Mm. Kent has been reasonably good at having things organised at a regional level. I think we need to make sure that all all parts of healthcare can do that. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. really the importance of talking to each other, even trust to trust is... You know, it's highlighted quite a lot, isn't it? But it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily something that happens. Well, in, innovation is not innovation if it only stays in one place. Yeah. It's great for people who use it, but if it's just in one ward or one hospital, then you're really missing out. Yeah. I think you've got the Academic Health Science Network is, you know, is there to help us with this regional spread. And I know that the you know, NHSX are you know, working very closely with that, that group who are taking a far more kind of national approach as well yeah. in terms of their interaction. I think our job is to, you know, they, in a funny way, have the same challenge often as many of, as, of the organisations or entrepreneurs who want to get through the front door of hospitals themselves. So uh, just because you're wearing an NHS lanyard doesn't necessarily make it any easier for you. So I think hopefully what we can do with this structure is, to, is, is make their life a little bit easier by saying, yeah, this has worked very well here. Actually, you almost have something that's in a box, evaluated, it's worked as part of our programme. 
and we think, you know, there you go, you go take that to Liverpool or Glasgow or wherever you think it will work uh, as effectively. And you know, it, again, that's something that we're trying to add to the to the national system here. We've heard loud and clear that we shouldn't be doing this in the, in the box, and we don't want to be doing that. Yeah, and actually, we've done that for the Mum and Baby app. So for from one centre to local maternity in Northwest London. And then we created that toolkit on what you need to have to adapt it to your area. So, you know, it's gone to uh, Berkshire uh, and Oxfordshire. But they had very little work to do to adapt to themselves. And that's... So kind of like a blueprint where you could just lift it, yeah. put it in another trust yeah. and they could create their own version. And that's what you need as a clinician when you're busy because you don't want to start that whole journey again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just to wrap us up, Chris, what is the next step for CW Innovation? So I think we're, we're looking at, uh, at um, kind of a three-year cycle now, almost like a second phase for this programme, uh, where I think you know what success would look like us growing our pipeline of kind of local... Um, our, our, of local innovations and, work, and, and our pipeline of, of SMEs and, and young entrepreneurs bringing great ideas through. I think we also want to see more, uh, I suppose, I suppose more complex, maybe kind of um, you know, multi-partner initiatives taking place. So we've got a really successful program with Innovate UK down at our other hospital in Hounslow, West Middlesex, um, around um, a test bed program which I think is really exciting um, and I think we'd like to be doing more of that, um, you know, creating new pathways of care. But also I think you know, we, will be, we will be judged on, on how we are getting things out of the door and I think that's going to be pretty important as well. Yeah. So basically if anyone's got an idea, they need to get in contact. Absolutely. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, well, thank you so much for your time today, Chris, Anita and Tom. It's been really interesting hearing about the idea behind CW Innovation and the importance of trusts providing a place for innovation to grow. 